0: Obviously, doctor, you've never been a thirteen-year-old girl. I see
1: it, we know girl, that, that. Uh, 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 I, know. I don't take that blade. Drag it across the skin. Right. Right. I perch, so I just press
0: courage. Sometimes I think I was born backwards. You know, come out my mom the wrong way. Um, hello, and welcome back to Hate Fiction. Today, I'm here with one of my favorite posters. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hey guys, I'm uh Lindsay Dystopian Chilies on twitter.com, everyone's favorite website.
0: Yeah, you should you should all follow her. She's a great poster. Incredibly talented too hey, and charming so and beautiful.
1: I do what I can. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it <made> me cry. <laughs> I just got started.
0: Yeah, um, well, I brought you on here today because you went on I'm so popular a couple of weeks ago or months ago. I don't remember anymore. And I you, did. <laughs> and you sort of briefly talked about your experience with Tumblr. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to uh, have you on the show to talk about that a lot more because I think it's an interesting topic to explore.
1: Yeah, I would love to like for some years I've been wanting to kind of in some way record either it was through writing or podcast or whatever, record my thoughts about that time in my life because it was a very formative in a negative way time in my life and such an interesting phenomenon that I feel like, I feel like a lot of the users who, you know, they were indoctrinated back in the day and have been uh, set free. They still don't understand all the dynamics of, of why it functioned the way it did. But yeah, I've been very interested in this for a while. So I, really excited about the invitation to be on the on the podcast with you
0: well i'm glad to have you on here um well actually the whole (laughs) podcast is kind of dedicated to like trying to untangle the repercussions and sort of the side effects of what tumblr created like in terms of like political Mm -hmm. um culture but also like the aesthetics that it influenced so yeah very happy to have you on here today
1: very exciting to to get into all of it (laughs) to unpack it if you will
0: for sure yeah So um, how did you get on Tumblr? How did that start for you?
1: I remember it was like junior year. I was probably about 16. I don't even remember how it was first introduced to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I had to be like a friend at at school mentioning it or showing me their cute Tumblr with pictures of Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin, (laughs) and like, like psychedelic art and I was like, cool. This is like, I I can collect images, which is like, I have a Tumblr account now, which, and and like, that's all I do. Just like fashion stuff. I just reblog now. But you know, at the time that's what I was intending to do by, by using it that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, over time, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a very consistent user like the first, the first year, um, that I used it over time. I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate, more of myself yeah (laughs) being a tumblr user because that's that's what teenagers do um and over the course of a few months I started following more and more people as my interests and things started to change and then I noticed that everybody was everybody was talking about racism and feminism and sex and like homophobia like constantly like all the time
0: yeah that's that's tumblr for you
1: (laughs) yeah it kind of just like kind of just appeared like, it had to be like 2011 or 12 when I first started using it, and it wasn't that way then. But I remember, like, by the end of my senior year of high school, 2013, um, that's that's 100% what it was. You know, everyone was silver blogging their, their cute little stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was a one common thread: is that almost everybody was like was becoming indoctrinated in this way. And we thought we were just like being good, honest people, you know. Yeah, by sure. Bringing attention to these things. Um, but we were like eight, like really 17, 18, didn't have a job. Like, yeah. didn't have any, like, not activists at all. Like, I don't know what we thought we were doing. <laughs> but it's just a great way to, like the formula of being young and impressionable and uh, having these opinions thrown at you that are like really like the verbiage always made it so polarizing. So you couldn't be like neutral or, you know, disinterested in it. You had to engage. And then if you didn't think this exact thing, you were punished for it. And all these kids wanted to fit in. It's like perfect formula for creating like a generation of
0: Messed up people completely out of touch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, no, totally. It's kind of
1: admirable, actually. Yeah.
0: No, it's it's a great formula for doing exactly that because I think a lot of people, I mean, me including, like, got sucked into Tumblr because of the like the the aesthetics of the platform and the way that you know, like, reposting images and whatever is really easy on Tumblr. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what everyone gets gets start doing, and then the other stuff comes in. The other stuff is, of course, super political, super, you know, woke social justice influence. Yeah. And I think a lot of people sort of got completely brainwashed into it because it wasn't, it was, like, subtle, right? Like, it wasn't like you were suddenly bombarded with all this information. Like, I guess it is sort of now with social media in general, you know, with infographics and whatever, but it was Mm -hmm. more, like, subtle. It was like, oh, you know, you're reposting this, like, fashion show, and then all of a sudden you have this, like, (laughs) super social justice inspired post yeah
1: or like you're walking a a fashion show or whatever like a a screen cap from a cute little like francis ha type movie or whatever yeah and then and then somebody reblogs it for you and they're like i this movie is so racist and there's no black people in francis ha i'm like what would make you what would make you think that there was ever going to be a black person in (laughs) francis ha like Why are you so angry? But then you'd see that comment and you'd be like, oh, am I like, am I problematic for liking Francis Ha? Like, yeah, maybe, but explicitly for the reason that like, because there's no black people in it, am I racist? And then you're like, okay, I'm going to delete that. And now I'm going to say that I hate Francis Ha too, (laughs) because whoever just reblogged this from me, I want to be their, their friend. Like, no, definitely made any sense.
0: They had that like peer pressure element to it where you were, because of the nature of the platform, we kind of like started talking about it before I started recording the, the way that the platform itself was structured and designed, Mm. you couldn't, Mm. you could only interact with people publicly by reposting yeah. and reblogging, right? So, like, every interaction that you yeah. had, I think they changed it a bit now that you can, like, reply privately whenever. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was, like, yeah. all public. It's, so like, every time you would be, like, called out by a person, everyone could see it.
1: which was Everybody like, knew, yeah. Which was, like, a really scary yeah. thing. And it's also crazy to me, thinking back, um, like, there was also the, the feature where you could ask somebody a question anonymously. Mm-hmm. Which. Which, you know, there's some privacy in just that you're getting a private message, but the fact that it's anonymous, it's like, well, if I share this, there's no like if you got a, a private message at all and like the person wasn't anonymous, you had the option of replying to them just one on one but anonymous just raises the stakes. You can say whatever crazy thing you want to this person. You can be aggressive or like a pervert. You could do whatever you want and whatever yeah. that interaction is, it, it it has to be published publicly. Mm-hmm. And so that, that combined with like, yeah, any like exchange or comment, everybody who follows you is going to see it. Yeah. And that, that automatically makes the experience of, uh, Performance because there's no there's no real sincerity first to the content like the the content in like the way of the social justice stuff like nobody really meant that Mm -hmm. like nobody really meant anything they were saying then because they didn't know it was just a, a peer pressure thing when it comes down to it and it's just all this like dishonesty and performance and like you get caught up in it way faster than you think you are.
0: Yeah. Um, At least in my experience, I didn't even notice how that sort of thinking like started to creep in, like in my like everyday interactions with other human beings. Like suddenly I just found myself like saying things that I didn't believe in at all. Because I had, like, yeah. seen that and been, like, sort of... I don't know, brainwashing is, like, a strong word. But it really felt like that because you're young and impressionable.
1: That's that's the word that I always use to describe it because it was. And we were all doing it to each other. Like, it's really weird that it was hard to um, pinpoint, like... It felt like a cult with no leader. Like, mm-hmm. there was no one person. It was just the the power of the platform and how it was structured made it so easy for all these like, yeah, like idiot 16 year olds talking about like race theory. Like you don't know what you're talking about at all, yeah. but I'm going to like, I feel like I need to be, I need to belong somewhere. And I didn't feel like I belonged in my normal life. I didn't feel like I understood or related to anybody in my real life. So I was like, okay, I need these strangers in Canada to really <laughs> to really vibe with me really bad. And it it did feel like a cult. It did feel like brainwashing that we were all doing to each other for for our own egos. No, like for that's, sure. that was the
0: objective. And as you said, like, you didn't you did not feel like you fit in in your like everyday normal life. And I, I think that was like the case with pretty much everybody on Tumblr because the platform was sort of meant for, you know, the alternative kids, like sort of yeah. like, depressed, emo. Well, it was a bit like later than that, but like still like very like connected to like the sort of alternative culture of the day. And it preyed yeah. on those people, like not, I guess, by design in a way, because of the way that it was designed itself. But like <laughs> the dynamic that it created, it was sort of like, I don't know, <laughs> like a bad friend and, group. And,
1: yeah. And the. Uh, by the same token, like there was there was this corner of like black girls mm-hmm. who were like, I think it was more than just the black girls, but from, that's who I was following. And. Um, And they were all like New York City, Chicago, Toronto girls who had this like aesthetic thing that they were doing. And like not just on Tumblr, but they were Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they were like just the way that they staged their lives and then shared it on Tumblr specifically. Mm -hmm. It was they felt really aspirational. And like I always I thought that they were all older than me, but we're all the same age, um and it made it. It that added to the like the peer pressure, like kind of brainwashing cult thing. Because they had such cute, like you know, those pictures of like your little plant and your windows open, and so there's yeah. a lot of sunlight coming in, and you've got your stack of old Vogue magazines <laughs> with like a little stemless wine glass with red wine sitting on the top, and you know yeah. they made it look like this is this is their life. Anytime they shared their personal life, it was so, like, polished and neat, and I, I believed at the time that I could somehow hold these crazy, like, politics and have such a, like, clean, personal life that looked like that, and it just, yeah. all of it was just so phony and aspirational, and, you know, the more I tried to achieve whatever, whatever image Tumblr was trying to give me,
0: yeah.
1: whenever I tried to achieve it, I just felt so much more, like, lost and disconnected
0: Mm -hmm.
1: without without even really understanding what it was coming from
0: for sure and I think like the whole aesthetics with um like weird crazy politics isn't like you know like super liberal or super woke politics that's sort of like crept into Instagram now as well where you have like you know like these polished like High and fashion influencers who like post pictures of like their Chanel bags and whatever, and then at the same time they'll post like infographics about like dismantling the police force and whatever, like all in the same yeah. day. Like that sort of like crept into all of social media now, but it did really start on Tumblr because at the time like yeah. politics and Instagram were very separate things.
1: Yeah, and and that's 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 sort of the biggest frustration with me, like. Mm-hmm you can believe you can believe you know the like separating the art from the artist conversation it's kind of it's old at this point yeah but i i don't care as long as you're a good person and you're not being malicious or weird or just whatever i do not care what you believe i str- i really truly don't yeah as long as as long as you have a good heart that's all i'm interested in but now um now it's like oh well you listen to um I was listening to um Thought Topics the other day like yeah. yesterday mm-hmm. there's the episode with Jack from Perfume Nationalist and they were talking about Lady Gaga's uh, song Do What You Want that's mm-hmm. got R. Kelly on it wow. and like that's like his best song but if you say that to anybody like all these woke people who you do encounter in the real world if you say like I love that song I'm mad that it's on Spotify anymore they're like, what, what is wrong with you? How could, how dare you? I'm like, it's a really good song. And I, I, that's the thing that I hate when I, when my casual, when my inner world has to be like is interfered with invaded because yeah. of what you think I should believe about the structures and hierarchies. That of the world, I'm like it, at right now when I'm listening to this Lady Gaga album, it doesn't matter. I'm just, I'm just vi I'm literally just vibing right now, and I, 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 I hate that because that's at the era of Tumblr when it first began. That's when I started like really sacrificing things that I genuinely like that I had come up enjoying. Yeah. Um, but I had to be this pillar of light and purity, so to speak. Yeah. For for some cause that I think I'm championing, but championing, but I don't even understand it.
0: Yeah, because you're like 17 years old, and what could you possibly influence? Yeah, like,
1: I don't. There's when you're 17, you don't know anything. Like, you're barely, you're like just now getting used to like putting sentences together in a way that makes sense. Like, you don't know. So, how are you going to? How are you going to be effective against? police brutality especially when you're just like doing it on the internet like talk all you're doing is speaking about it like
0: well yeah but it's like the whole mentality that people have now right that like talking about things somehow solves the problems like spread awareness it's a, it's like a whole like it's literally a brain disease like people don't realize it's, it's, that they're just talking like they think that words have real power <laughs>
1: it's and that's that's the thing like well a lot of my the things that I think about when it comes to all this social justice stuff really is like the power of language because Mm -hmm. I think words are very powerful tools but you have to actually understand that you know words can never fully articulate anything I don't really think they can never really get to the point of the essence of what you're trying to express because we we've made words up we just tried to make them work for for our minds, you know, and I see people, I see people who like, right after George Floyd was killed constantly, like constantly pummeling everybody, all of their Instagram followers with these infographics and like photos of him dead on the ground and all this stuff. That was awful. I remember saying something to a friend or whomever, just like at the point where I was like fed up and like, felt so psychically punishing to have to like reflect, you know, you think you're helping me by sharing this stuff constantly, but what you're really doing is like re-traumatizing me over and over and over every time you share that. And I'm not, I'm not even against totally like sharing these things. Mm -hmm. I think there's obviously a place for bringing them up because something needs to be done about them. For sure, but I am not. I am not for the like Instagram infographic because first it starts as like we're just talking about George Floyd and police brutality. Yeah. But then now we're also talking about every evil thing that has ever been done to a black person ever, and here's all these photos, and here's like here's tons of evidence of the centuries of oppression of a black person in America. In this, like, and just like stylized somebody. Yeah, and then with somebody like like me who is politically like an outsider when mm-hmm. I actually am like can you guys like chill can you like calm down with that <laughs> they're like oh your voice needs to be heard we got your back Lindsay like shut up <laughs> if you if you think you have my back I need you to stop talking yeah just stop it just gets too like it's 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 all an ego thing it is 100 an ego thing like it's- it doesn't have anything to do with Activism or helping other people—it's that's a great way to package it. But we learned from Tumblr that you know the reason people do these things incessantly is so they can feel something about themselves temporarily, and it doesn't last long because it's not real. For
0: so sure. they have to keep doing it. But do you have it? They have to keep. Re- but do you think it has anything to do with fear as well, that people feel scared they're going to, you know, lose their livelihood or like lose their status if they don't share these things, if they don't like constantly talk about it? Because you could like, especially when the whole BLM thing was happening, like, I think last spring, right? Like people, you could totally see that people felt scared all of a sudden mm-hmm. that they weren't, that they hadn't been talking about these things before. And all of a sudden, you try to, like, make up for it by posting, like, 70 infographics in a day. I think there's a lot of fear attached to it as well.
1: I think people are... Well, yeah, that's what that, like, Tumblr culture kind of created, is, like, a fear that I'm going to lose my friends or you know, somebody might notice that I'm not posting about this stuff and then they're going to call my job and get me fired yeah. or, you know, cause they decide that I'm a racist because I'm just, just being quiet. Um, yeah, totally. And that's the thing. That's what, that's what causes people to be disingenuous, a fear of themselves, a fear of other people, um, a fear yeah. of God or whatever. Like I, I, I don't want to stir up any drama or i don't want to be the odd one out and because what's going to happen if i am for sure so let me say let me say something that i don't mean to get people off my off my trail Um, yeah and that's what it was for for me like in my tumblr days that's what it was like i would bring blog something crazy like pick something Something crazy that was like, makes no sense that nobody now that I wouldn't ever read it for the first time now, I would
0: never know. I mean, like, even, I would see a post like that back then, but even like the whole gender stuff that is very prevalent nowadays. I mean, obviously yes. you know, trans people yes. exist, et cetera, et cetera. But like this whole insane belief that if you in any way, like, you know, question or challenge your your gender or gender norms, that means you're queer and trans and all of those things. And, you know, yeah. that dysphoria has nothing yeah. to do with it whatsoever. And it's just like, a you know, like a loose societal concept. Like I think that was very yeah. prevalent in the yeah. day and is now like sort of spreading everywhere.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like, I don't know how much trouble I might potentially get in for saying this and I, whatever.
0: It's I'm fine. Gonna I'm going to get in trouble as well. So we're in this together
1: because <laughs> you're on my podcast. So. <laughs> the biggest thing, I think one of the first things that kind of had me start to separate from Tumblr a little bit, or at least try to think about what I actually thought Yeah. was I remember seeing, um, people talking about like, if you're Cisgendered, and you don't want to, like, whatever, have a sexual relationship with a transgender person. That means you're transphobe and you hate trans people. Yeah. And like, I remember seeing that, and at first I was kind of like going along with it, but then I was like, I was like, I don't. That that just can't be true because yeah. that's not how sexual attraction works. Like, it, there's so many layers to what makes somebody sexually attracted to somebody else. And you have an expectation. Like if you're a a truly, truly, truly straight woman, you have an expectation physically for whoever you might go to bed with. And that doesn't mean you hate anybody who's outside of that. You just know what you like and you know what you want to be with, you know?
0: That also like completely disregards like the whole idea that you know, like, sexual attraction and eroticism in general doesn't even necessarily have any, like, set criteria. You know, like, you might you might meet somebody who you, by all definition, should be attracted to, but you are just don't click, so you don't want to sleep with them. Yeah. And they could be whatever, yeah. you know? Like, gender has nothing to do with it. They could be exactly your type, exactly. but for some reason it doesn't work. And that whole, it like, doesn't, sort of yeah. set, like, you know, set of standards that has to apply to everybody, it completely disregards that, which is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing that, like, a lot of Tumblr, like, it talks about these social ills uh, while completely throwing out every actual part of human nature, like how people actually behave and yeah. think and feel, like, completely disconnected from that. We just want everybody to be right all the time and, like, override our humanity for the greater good. Like, I'm not gonna be a robot for you, you know? I'm not gonna.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember. Yeah. So when I started seeing that discourse about like, you know, a straight, a straight cis guy doesn't, you know, if he doesn't want to sleep with a trans girl, then he hates he's evil and we should banish him forever. That's when I first was like, you know, there's a lot, this stuff is a lot more nuanced and complicated than people really give it credit for. And the fact that it's so like pushed online and like everyone's so obsessed with it. And like, I was at a certain point, I was like, I know these people don't, these people who are saying this stuff, I know they don't actually believe that. Like, I know that they, if, if they do, it's coming from a completely delusional, out of touch place that they're aware, they're aware of the disconnect. But just like I was at the time, I didn't want to acknowledge it for whatever personal reason
0: I mean yeah they either and... don't want to acknowledge it or they simply don't have the experience because I think a lot of the people that were posting that also didn't actually have any sexual experience of any kind so they were kind of like you yeah. know thinking yeah. about it and talking about it in a very sort of detached you know fictional way as if we're like you know a story yeah. that we're reading like very like I don't know yeah detached from the actual experience yeah.
1: You know, I, growing up, I didn't like being a, a black person at all. Like when I was when I was five or six, I switched elementary schools. The school I had been, I was half black and half white. Mm-hmm. When I moved schools, it was almost completely white. There were like three. I remember counting when I was in fifth grade. There were like five other black students in the whole school. And all my classmates were white. I spoke white, you know, comparatively. Um, I spoke like the white kids more than the black kids Um, got teased a bit for that. I just did not like being black at all. And when I gravitated toward Tumblr, um, I felt like I was being rescued from that Mm -hmm. because of the way that they would talk about. And, you know, there will be all these accounts of like black girls forever, which is just like, pictures of pretty black women like that's that's all it was yeah and and then throughout the discourse I really felt like I was in the early stages I felt like I was coming closer to myself because I was bringing myself more awareness of the black experience but as time went on the conversations just became even more like it's it's delivered to you like an empowerment thing but yeah. then, when you really like unpackage it and really examine it, you're like, this stuff actually makes me feel even worse about being black because I'm like, I'm like offloading my experience and my responsibility for my sense of self. I'm offloading it onto the government or random white people or the Coca Cola corporate or who anybody, any, <laughs> yeah. any anyone that's not me, and. It just made me feel like my identity was completely out of my own hands and just really backwards, identitarian stuff that gets you completely unfocused from what actually matters. And your identity, I don't really think identity is anything, not really anything external. Yeah. You know, being a black woman is just like a signaling thing
0: yeah no plus i think a lot of the identity stuff that was prevalent on tumblr at the time now sort of spread everywhere is very much based in victimhood and sort of the abdication of any sort of responsibility for yourself and your you know everyday actions is sort of like okay i'm like an oppressed minority i'm a woman um i'm a trans woman etc etc therefore you know my definition of victim and therefore Any bad actions that I might, you know, any bad decisions that I make or any bad things that I do are not on me. Like, I completely, you know, I don't have any responsibility for anything that happens to me, which isn't like, yeah, which on one hand can be helpful when you're going through something, but long term, it's a disastrous ideology to have. It's,
1: it's, it is. And it's, yeah, it's not a sustainable way of, Thinking of yourself in the world, because you have to think about like how um, how everybody, even you know, like there could be a white cis straight guy who Mm -hmm. lives in the most affluent neighborhood in your city, yeah. And you look at him and you think he's got this perfect life. He's lives in this like five story house with his parents, but then you you get to know him and you realize his parents are like very emotionally abusive or neglectful or he's had all sorts of his dad's like actually a heroin addict and a lawyer like you know there's yeah. all these layers to his life that he's he's dealing with too and they may not be the same they might be uh they may not be as they're just not as visible as mm-hmm. being a black a black girl like you just can't see his struggle um, but everybody has it and at a certain point I was like who who am I to think that why do I feel so special for life being hard for me? It's not, it's, it is for everybody. Yeah. And my, my way might be different than this other person's way of struggle. Um, but it doesn't, that, that means, that doesn't mean anything. Like it, it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Yeah. And it is, I, I, people, I, I talk a lot from an individualist, quote unquote perspective, because I feel like, if your community is important, helping other people is important to you, and we should be doing that in our lives. Absolutely. But if you if you don't feel right about you, if you see yourself as this victim of pick something. If you see yourself as a victim of whatever, you're not going to be an effective help to anybody.
0: No. At all. Obviously not. And also if you're constantly like, you know, sort of if you constantly feel oppressed by your own victimhood that you have created for yourself, you're not a functional human being. Like you're like exactly. being a victim requires a lot of energy and it requires a lot of sort of it like, does. you know, mental whatever gymnastics where you're constantly trying to, you know, j- justify every interaction or like define every interaction yeah. that you have with other people in this like sort of victim yeah. way, which is exhausting. Yeah. It's an exhausting way to live.
1: Yeah. yeah. This like um any any negative emotion it's very tiring to with, with, with stain. Yeah. Is that a, is that a word with stain?
0: I feel like it is. Or, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of tipsy. Like so maintain, let's me. just
1: say maintain. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's on, I'm sure um, no one will
0: question.
1: There's really, just go with it guys. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to maintain any feeling of being a victim or being angry Or and obviously I hate I even hate qualifying this stuff by saying like, you know, obviously bad things happen to you and, and, you know, you should, you, sometimes you are actually a victim. Yeah. Obviously everybody knows that. I don't, we're adults here. I shouldn't have to say that every time. Yeah. Bad things happen um, to
0: pretty much everyone. Like, and some people that you, would everybody, never think, and sometimes you look at a person, you never think anything's happened to them, but then you find out that, you know, they, they have this like terrible backstory to them. Like it's, yeah. there's no way to know.
1: Yeah. And like the example that I use a lot, which people give me a hard time for it. But when I'm talking about this, like I individualist thing, I think about people like Oprah Winfrey, who really came from nothing, like was like sexually verbally abused as a child, was like told she wasn't going to be anything in her life. And obviously she didn't allow the real punishment. And, and she's a black, black woman on top of that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and didn't she didn't allow that real like trauma, true trauma that she went through in her life. She didn't let it stop her. She's a billionaire now. Like she did not let it delay her. And she probably she in order to in order to move past those things, you do have to acknowledge them and you have to look at look at them face on and be like, okay, here's my responsibility. And this thing, I know this shouldn't have happened, but it did. And now what am I gonna learn from from it? And how am I gonna continue? Not not like, oh, somebody called me the N-word seven years ago. So now I'm never gonna achieve anything because this person still hasn't apologized and I still feel like a victim of that circumstance seven years ago. Yeah. It's like just you just gotta, you gotta let that go though. (laughs) Like we don't have that much time here. You gotta keep going.
0: No, absolutely, and as like as you kind of implied, I guess a lot of the trauma discourse is sort of centered around language more so than actual experiences. Like a lot of thing is that like a lot of it is basically like, oh, I was told that I, you know I was never amount, I was never going to amount to anything. So therefore, you know, this person has made me feel insecure, and now I will actually never amount to anything, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a lot of it is kind of based on language, or you know, like I'm being, you know, like my parents at home are telling me that. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really trans and they're questioning my identity, which of course must be traumatizing. Like I'm not trying to, you know, offend or devalue anyone's experiences. But at the end of the day, like all of it is sort of based on language rather than physical experiences.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like, when I get on Twitter now and somebody says something a little, a little out of pocket, like, Or like maybe directed at me, or just a general tweet or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I really, I really don't care (laughs) because, you know. Yes, words have the power to hurt people. Sure. Yeah. A lot of the stuff is like you gotta you gotta pick your own battles though. You gotta learn when it matters and when it doesn't because if you let everything in life offend you, it will. Everything will offend you if you give it the room to, and. And who, you know, who wants to be uncomfortable or angry or all that all the time?
0: It's so, it's, it's. I mean, apparently a lot of people. A lot of people, clearly, for some reason. (laughs) Apparently a lot of people get off of it. (laughs) As much energy as it requires to remain
1: uh, angry, it is, it is like kind of easy to, to be upset yeah. because when you think about when you think about all the ills that are happening in the world everything bad that's ever happened to you every small uncomfortable exchange you might have had at the grocery store with the clerk who was in a bad mood whatever
0: yeah
1: it's it's easy to be um it's easier to be upset it's more that emotion is more available in the world and but out of like a sense of rebellion, after a point, I was like, "I'm just tired of spending all this emotional energy. I just don't want to anymore." Yeah, and re- you have to like rebelliously be like, "I'm just, I'm just over it. I just, don't, <laughs> I just don't care anymore. I just don't have the time or to care."
0: No, for sure, especially now when like. You know, everyone's talking and everyone has something to say, like with Twitter and Instagram and infographics and stories and blah, 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 and all of that, like everyone's talking all the time. And if you're going to, you know, if you're actually mm-hmm. going to listen to everyone and if you're going to take what everybody says seriously and to heart, like you're, you're going to drive yourself insane so yeah. fast because people, because yeah. also people don't, people don't really think when they talk. I mean, we're like no. on a podcast right now, but like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All of this, this is the first time I've thought of anything that I've been saying. I haven't contemplated anything I'm talking about right now. So I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm just, I'm not considering any of this at all.
0: That's, that's good. I mean, that's the way to go. I, I'm not. That's that's how we're supposed to do it. No, absolutely. I think that's the only way to do it because it creates like the right kind of energy, right? Because I think that's the most important thing about a podcast that the energy is right because you can say whatever you can be like Mm -hmm. you can be listening about a pod to a podcast about something that you truly love and whatever but then if the energy is wrong you're not gonna like it so
1: yeah exactly it really comes down to the vibes
0: yeah the the vibe is important (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure
1: but yeah this like you know online culture of like I mean that's what that's what the internet is for is saying stuff and communicating with new people or a circle of people that you would not have found ordinarily um, in, in your day-to-day life. And so it's great for that. That's how we met each other. Yeah, for And, sure. and so I, I, I love that aspect of it. Um, but there's a certain point where it's like, you know, I see these girls who are like 18 who I follow on Twitter Yeah, <laughs> and they're always, and they're always like, they always have too much to say. And that, like, they always think they're like, tweeting about or touching on something really like, no one's ever thought of this before, or let me like say a bunch of words that kind of make sense, sort of, but not really. And they think they have something to prove. I think it's the same with Tumblr culture that they're they're trying to prove something, not to me, but to themselves by just like talking into the void forever,
0: and. Sure. And I mean, I'm if we're being honest, I'm this, like all those girls do come from Tumblr. Like a lot of the people that yes. are sort of like on alternative Twitter now, alternative—I mean, niche, whatever—yeah, are yeah, yeah. they do come from Tumblr? I mean, even yeah. we do. So <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And like I give this I give because they're young. I give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, they'll grow out of it. I used to be that way too. Like back when I was woke. Like I made my <laughs> transitions There was a point when I was using Twitter and Tumblr at the same time to like the same intensity. That was oh my God, terrible (laughs) time in my life, not good, um, and I was just, like, tweet storming, tweet threading, crazy, like, either what I said was, like, extremely obvious, or just nonsensical, and people would like it, and be like, yeah, yeah, go Lindsay, but (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't talking for them, it was just, like, a I needed to I felt that to prove how woke I was, I had to make a tweet thread about all this stuff that everybody already knows or or stuff that even if they don't know it, it's like it's not compelling. It's not interesting. You're not saying anything. You're just talking to talk.
0: Yeah, it's and, like a monologue. You're really talking to yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I wish that people would channel and the one of the downfalls of the internet is that it makes everybody it makes everybody think that they have something special that needs to be heard which is just not the case and um i wish though that a lot of a lot more people who have so much to say have so much to tweet i'm like can you put that in a book or a movie or an album or a business model or put that into something that's going to be real and tangible though just tweet because you know tweets are I don't remember any tweet that I read this morning I don't remember
0: yeah like for sure but I think podcasts are sort of the way out and especially because I think the, the problem with a lot of like I think a lot of people that are sort of popular and active on Twitter right now would have made really good traditional artists in the past, but because a lot of those mediums and a lot of those, you know, pathways are just not available and accessible to people anymore. They like spend all of their energy just like tweeting into the void, which is really sad. And I think podcasting in a way kind of provides an alternative to it, but obviously like podcasts are great. We all love them, but it's not the same Mm. as like watching a good movie or like reading a good novel and I think it's gonna take a while for a new genre, yeah. a new form to appear.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the podcasting platform is I mean, I've I've wanted to, to do podcasts. I don't know if I ever really wanted to have my own, but I wanted to do like a little podcasting circuit where I had people inviting me on and things because I cause I felt like there was no real place for um, people like us you know whatever that means yeah like there's no real place for that anywhere because the I hate saying the word normies but the normies were like <laughs> none of this stuff is on their radar yeah which I I envy those people to be like I want to be like them where I'm just living mm-hmm. my life and none of this art crap social crap like none of this stuff is anywhere on their on their minds if I say this stuff to them they're not interested and then when I say it to the still kind of woke people they're like kind of up in arms about it they're like I can't believe she's they don't understand where I'm coming from Mm -hmm. but this format where like I can sit on this podcast and talk about Tumblr like the super niche thing yeah Um, I don't know like I I guess it is the the best way to do it but I, I do wish that people I see these people who have it seems like they have potential to really put something real into the world, something really tangible. Um, But instead of kind of figuring, exploring that, they they just tweet aimlessly instead.
0: Yeah. No, it's really sad. Like a lot of the... A lot of the people on Twitter really make me sad. Like not like not in a negative way. Like I'm obviously not judging them. Just there's so much talent out there that is just being wasted. Like it's all like wasted mm-hmm. potential. A lot of it yeah. which is incredibly sad. But I really I don't know. I I really hope that in like the next couple of years or like the next five years or whatever, we're gonna we're we're all gonna figure out a way to do it better. To like so sort of I feel like put our yeah I feel out like there in a better way.
1: Totally. And I feel like the fact that, you know, um, all the COVID stuff is coming at a good time for me and a lot of these like niche, weird, alternative Twitter people, because it is going to be it, it is time for like a, a renaissance sort of thing. Yeah, Culturally, like Everybody's fed up and bored and tired and you know, sick of being lied to, sick of biting their tongue. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a good time for for anybody who's got those whatever idea, whatever it is, to just put just to put it into the world. And if people gravitate toward it, good. If they don't, it's still good because you you did what you could with what you had. And especially where like especially where like books are concerned, because there's so many there's so many people who like when you see how they format their tweets like I know that person can write a mean story like they can make write a really good novel or poem or whatever I can just feel it yeah and there's there's so much like terrible terrible like literature and stuff oh, in, just in the world
0: now. awful like awful sometimes <laughs> I like walk into a bookstore and I'm just amazed by the stuff that they like display and like put out yeah. there it's insane like it's
1: awful like I I'm Rupi what is her name Rupi Kaur yeah is is always going to trigger me like I I remember when her first book came out and um I had like probably up to 10 girlfriends who were like have you read this you should really read this I'm actually gonna buy this for you and I was like (laughs) search her tag on Tumblr or Instagram or whatever and just read a photo. I'm like, ew, I don't <laughs> want, don't, I do not want that. <laughs> what makes you think I want to read that? What about me says that that's my thing? Because whatever that is, I need to stop
0: doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate how they marketed her though. Like they marketed her as yeah, just, like alternative, totally. like, you know, whatever a super talented FEMA voice was. Yeah. <laughs> the reality of her are just terrible.
1: <laughs> This not good, and yeah, I definitely re- respect or uh admire the like who's the last female poet whose book was as successful as milk and honey was, like who's the last one you can think of it's been a long time,
0: yeah, with like you if one- ever. The only one who comes to mind is sylvia platt but even then it was like after her death like serious yeah. suicides or solidified her as this like you know depressed teen yeah. girl icon but yeah yeah milk and honey that was crazy it was everywhere every
1: girl i knew had a <laughs> copy and i was like Okay, do your thing, girl. But don't I don't want to borrow it. Don't <laughs> loan it to me because I'll just throw it away. I'm not even gonna lie to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: telling you right now, it's going in the garbage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's crazy how like people, like you know, there are whole like there must be whole teams of people out there like scheming to make people like that happen. Because I I don't like her in no ways her poetry or her you know like whatever vibe in general that powerful to have creative, that's sort of like, you know, media strong around her, like must have been her marketing team. And I just, I just want to know where you find a marketing and team like, like that. <laughs> well,
1: well really, I mean, it's, it's, the, she would not be successful if it wasn't for social media in the sense that having these little bite-sized, too accessible poems, like these, the poems are so simple. They don't really mean anything don't really mean anything you know
0: yeah anybody
1: who reads it can like insert their own meaning or whatever into it and the fact that it's like it talks about like it's a woman of color and she's talking about like sex and a womanhood and all that stuff and like being sad it's the perfect perfect type of poem for sharing on tumblr or on instagram it's 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 got everything that social media likes which is quick and easy and mindless and brief For sure. and
0: and like the little doodles and, and woke yeah and like the little doodles that she like put on the pages of yeah, yeah. her poems as well i think like that contributed to its success as well Yeah, that was like you know you could literally like snap a photo of it and post it it's like you yeah. know like the early caroline hallway aesthetic it was basically yeah that. oh god oh my god
1: <laughs> oh lord (laughs) don't get me started
0: (laughs) what's 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 your opinion on her i you know (laughs) i'm getting you started (laughs) i
1: she is so irritating (laughs) i when i remember my favorite caroline callaway moment is um right after her dad died she posted these really, really, uh, like sexy pictures of her in a bathing suit, like her boobs, like spilling out of the top. And the caption was like, my dad just died. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite moment. And it said something probably about like her Adderall habit, just like co- like completely disconnected from herself. But now I'm like, I just, she's, she's probably a little too off. And, like, but it's not interesting anymore. I'm just, like, bored by everything she does. She, like, started an OnlyFans. i like, okay, girls. like,
0: okay. But that was, like, a good just like, for her, I feel like. Like, what if she started an OnlyFans, I was surprised for, like, five seconds. And then I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Totally. That's totally, that's, it is right for her. But yeah. I'm like,
1: I don't know. She's one of, she's one of those that are, like, I love HRH. Mm-hmm. Love her. Crazy. Yeah. She's my crazy. favorite type of crazy girl. <laughs> love it but Caroline's a little too um dumb for for my liking
0: (laughs) she is you get what I mean yeah but she's like smart and like because for a while I was like is she just pretending to be stupid but I think she really is but at the same time she's smart in this like very like manipulative scheming way well she's very clever yeah yeah she's like she she's like street smart but she's not really intelligent at the same time like she's I don't know. She confuses me. And I keep on- she she's like,
1: I think that's what it is, is that I'm just like, I'm too thrown by whatever. I don't understand what she, what she's giving me, what she's serving. Like, I don't, I don't follow. <laughs> and it's it just, this doesn't, there's no part of it that I feel like I can really connect to. Yeah. Like I love, I love these like pop culture icons. These like social media, like internet celebrities, like HRH, uh, Trish Paytas, like these, Wacky women. I love it. But something about Caroline, it's just like, this is not for me. This might be a little, I think what it is, it might be a little too white for me. Like, she might just be a little bit too white. (laughs) I can't, (laughs) there's nothing I can grasp
0: here. But I think it's because HRH and like Trisha Paytas and stuff, like, they come off as, despite being, you know, like bitchy and like interesting and like whatever they come up as good people. Like, they're the kind of people who wouldn't, you know, stab you in the back. Well, this Carolyn Callway, yeah. like, she full on would do it. You could just,
1: Yeah, like she will... And then, yeah. And then act like nothing. And then go to green and have a great day. And act like yeah. nothing happened. post
0: about it. And wear her little <laughs> angel
1: wings. Yeah. Like post a picture of my corpse, like, lying on her couch. Yeah.
0: Like, I should like like would like, put
1: flowers I, around you and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> She puts a flower crown on my like decomposing body.
0: Yeah, cute pics. BFFs. Yeah, no, it's awful. Um, she's. Been I high-
1: think I think HRH would kill me though. I really I think that if I if I <laughs> get her mad enough, which does not take much to make this woman angry, if I get her mad enough, she would let me have it for real.
0: But she wouldn't do it in an evil way. I feel like she'd you know just do it in like a very emotional sort of like. That's true yeah
1: passionate a crime of passion absolutely rather yeah. than like rather than Caroline would just be like oh I'm bored I don't I don't have anything to do today I'm just gonna <laughs> invite Lindsay over and, and murder
0: her really quick I need more content to post about. yeah <laughs> yeah I'm running out yeah I'm running out I have no I don't have any books to sell anymore I'll have to I'll have to kill someone to make up for it no and, definitely
1: and she'll post this long post about how killing me is like connected to the death of her father in some
0: way (laughs) (laughs) and her her Adderall addiction when she was a Cambridge yeah (laughs) yeah (gasps) it'd be a fun way to go I guess
1: yeah if I had to choose a way to go out (laughs) Caroline Colway killed me
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not a bad way to do it for sure Um, but it's interesting because I think Carolyn Colby, at least, like, her early aesthetic before she went full-on crazy, like, after she went viral as a scammer, I feel like when she, that's when she completely went, like, off the rails and just, you know, abandoned any sort of pretense of being, like, a normal influencer, but in, like, in her early days, she was very much influenced by Tumblr, it was, like, that, you know, like, cute fandom, like, fanfiction aesthetic that she had going for Mm -hmm. her, like, a princess like, living in a castle. (laughs) Yeah
1: one thing that is like confusing to me about tumblr is that i feel like the essence of what it's trying to do as far as the social what it was trying to do as far as social justice issues were concerned the the things that they're saying are very Punk, so to speak, like we're not going to tolerate the man. The man's not going to hold us down. I'm going to talk about all this oppression stuff and 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 <clears throat> try to rebel against the ills of the world. Yeah, and that's that's more or less what it breaks down to. Like, it feel it's definitely a very punk, sort of like outsider sort of thing. But then, if you were on the outside or had a different opinion at all. Um, you're banished. And then the aesthetics, all the girls had the same look and style. They were like yeah. three types of girls on mm-hmm. Tumblr at the time. And, um, you know, you had to have the look, that's part of the thing too, Yeah, is the look of being a Tumblr girl, which could, which could look a handful of different ways, but the, it just didn't match. Like if I'm going to be this, like, I don't care what the world thinks, rebellious sort of girl. Um, why do I have to, why do I have this? Why does, why do all of us have to think and dress and be the same? Like our, our aim might still all be the same at the end of the day. We might still have the same goals in mind, but, um, I can't achieve them if I feel like I'm, i I'm lying to you about how I want to get to them and then that that dissolves the whole punk thing i think people especially because you know people talk about how bad the man is or the or whatever it's just a systemic racism whatever talk about how bad it is and then they have this expectation for the thing that's holding them down to then stop holding them down as in, as if like yeah 200 300 years of oppression is just going to like Oh, all of a sudden, the, the government was like never liked black people. All of a sudden, they're going to start loving us and respecting us. No, it's not. It's just it's just not going to happen. And my parents always tell me this Maya Angelou quote. Um, when when someone shows you who they are, believe them. If you show me if you if you have this track record of behaving with me a certain way, I'm never going to stop believing that that's always how you're going to be with me. Yeah, because you've proved you've proven that you operate in one specific way. So it doesn't make sense to me when people I understand the desire to have your government behave appropriately. Yeah, that obviously should be happening. Um, But I don't understand why after all this history, people are still begging and like begging the government to do the right thing. It's like if you really if you really want to see some change. You're probably going to have to be the one with your hands. You're going to have to be the one to do it because they don't care about us. So just stop caring about them and do your thing. It doesn't, it like, it matters, but what can you do sort of thing? Yeah. All you can do is what you can do.
0: But I think a lot of it has to do with like, the, like, as you mentioned before, like most of the people on Tumblr Most of the people that sort of like carried that sentiment over to other social media platforms were very young and thus very naive and sort of like, you know, they bought into the whole idea that if they you know if they were loud enough if they like you know talked loud enough if they screamed loud enough if they were like visible then somehow you know the government and like all those people in power <coughs> were going to change their mind and all of a sudden you know they we're going to solve all of the problems that they were like facing and whatever it's like a very naive childish yeah. sentiment and idea to have
1: yeah and then and then we see these like uh like things like so that when when the George uh, Floyd when they went to trial and Derek Chauvin was actually convicted everybody was really excited and then you know it would have it had me kind of skeptical like it was I was obviously good that this guy's going to go to prison I think that's great but it's also like kind of the same as when um, Joe Biden got elected it's like all these same issues that were happening when trump was president they're still happening but nobody's as nobody cares anymore yeah Uh, uh, my worry with the george floyd stuff is that like now that this one case was handled appropriately people aren't going to care anymore and then you have politicians like nancy pelosi tweeting like thanks george floyd for sacrificing your life which just shows, like, they don't care. These, like, politicians do not care. (laughs) Really funny tweet, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, the tweet was funny because it was so shocking. completely, Completely out of touch with what's actually going on. And they don't care. They're just getting brownie points for one time, doing what the people want. And what should be happening anyway, But this is, it has nothing to do with actually being,
0: any actual conviction. No, of course not. But those people are like career politicians. Like they never care to begin with, right? Like they just, they saw a path for themselves and they pursued it, you know, good for them. They're obviously awful, evil people, but that's what, whatever. That, that's what yeah. they are and you have to like you have to work with that but that like sort of naive attitude that people have about it where it's like oh yeah the, you know like the people in power really care about me and my issues and they're you know yeah <laughs> they're gonna help me out it's it's just I don't know like coming from sort of like post-Soviet background um, like I was born after the Soviet Union collapsed, but like obviously like a lot of the sentiment was is still here um, but trusting politicians seems completely insane to me like that's just not, yeah, something, I don't get it.
1: That's just not something you do, I do not. no that's like clearly, especially you know especially like i said with like saying you're tr- saying one's track record like mm-hmm. no i've never seen in my in the time of my life that i've been aware of politics which like i think when obama's first term i was too young to vote i was like 16 yeah. and then um when he was re-elected i did vote for him and i i wasn't really aware though of kind of what even i believed or what was happening politically until until donald trump came around yeah and and you start noticing that you know uh, none nothing any of them say is real like they're it's 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 a popularity contest, it's a money thing, it's it's a lot of things other than what you're being sold. And it's obvious, and everybody agrees to that, everybody knows that. Yeah. But then there's they're so like desperate, and I understand, like I get it. it they're so desperate for change or, or to be heard or to or whatever that they, they put real faith into presidents like Joe Biden they, they really believe that he's going to stand for them. It's like, why would you think that? I like, yeah, don't, don't lie to yourself about the the situations that we are in right now. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not true. And, and I I wish that I I wish that more people, especially young people who have time and resources and aren't set in their ways and who can really do something that might, make a, a change. I wish they would. And and to me it can even be things like um a big cultural literary renaissance, like people just writing things that are like or 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 like a booming like underground film scene that is not happening right now by any means. <laughs> Nothing, like I don't really. see any cool movies coming out. <laughs> period. And I think that I think that people on, underestimate the power that art can have. Yeah, culturally, uh, socially, for people sure. really underestimate how important that is to a society. And I think that I, I'm grateful for all the COVID stuff because I think it's going to be a good opportunity for all these artists to, to make something that will shift the culture and in a way that we need, that we
0: desperately need right now for sure no definitely and but I think it's interesting that you say that people don't really pay that much attention to the arts which I think is completely true I mean people really don't think that art has any you know power or potential to change anything which is sad but at the same time everyone is so focused on aesthetics and this like bizarre parasocial way where like aesthetics come before anything else where it's like, you know, like if you if if you have a perfectly curated Instagram feed, then you're an artist, you're a creative person. Like if you, you know, if you dress in a certain way, even if it's the same as like everybody around you, but it's a yeah. certain sort of aesthetic, you're suddenly a creative person. It's just I don't know, it's it's incredibly discouraging. And yeah, I was saying to somebody just last
1: night that I, I don't I kind of don't like it when people describe themselves as artists, because yeah. the more people tell me they're an artist like that I meet in, in real life, I realize that all they mean is that they're liberal and they shop at Urban Outfitters. Yeah, literally, and they, they <laughs> might they, they might have they might they might paint or write or whatever, um, but they don't have that the energy or the charisma of an artist. They don't even and, and have the energy. courage. No, they don't. They're there's yeah, and they they um share all the same infographics as everybody else. I really think that actual artists uh, you have to be on maybe not fully on the outside of things, but, but you have to be able to see outside of the box that you're in. Like that's the only the only compelling artist to me have something where. Yeah, they see something that not that other people don't see or other people might see it, but they're able to grasp it and mold it and spit it back out to you in a way that you haven't seen before. And and I see all these girls around here who are artists, but they 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 there's not they're they're boring. Like there's nothing there's nothing to them that I can't get from like the next 30 girls.
0: Yeah, like, which is they. I go ahead. Which is sad because they might even have the technical skill and talent. Even you know, like, just speaking in terms of the actual ability to do something. Yeah, they don't have. They don't have a vision, which I think is a real problem with people nowadays. No one has. I mean, some people do, but like, barely anyone has a vision anymore. Which is so important. You might lack talent. You might lack a lot of things, but if you have a vision, you're gonna make it happen which people just yeah. don't have.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. They, they, they're like, okay, well, I'll do this, like this anti-Trump painting today. And then I'm going to do like a connection, a collection of teddy bears. And like the worst part is when I, I try to talk to these people, like I give them the benefit of the doubt and I'm hoping that there's more to them than I can see. Yeah. But I'm usually I'm usually let down and I'll talk to these people and try to get an understanding of where their art comes from within them. Yeah. Um, And they don't have anything to say. They have nothing to say or they just say what everybody else says, which is like, oh, if it wasn't for art, I would die or like (laughs) art is art is the. the eye of the soul or like something like really corny and like empty. Yeah. And, and, or they don't, or they don't have anything. There's nothing that they have to say. Like they don't know how to respond. They don't understand what I'm asking them. And I, it's very, it's very frustrating as somebody who I'm like, I'm waiting to be inspired by other people like all the time. Yeah. I, I, same,
0: absolutely. I
1: I need I need that. Like I I I drink that up when I meet someone who who does have like that spark. Even if it's not the same thing as I come from creatively, it's not the same vantage point. As long as they've got one, and I can actually like feel feel it when they're talking to me or in whatever painting they're presenting or whatever, yeah. I can feel what they're trying to express and art is an art is a for me art is more an emotional thing than anything else for sure. and if I can't if I don't feel anything inside of myself at all um I don't believe in what you're making mm-hmm. like doesn't mean you should stop making it do your thing it's not my business it's not my problem do whatever you want no for but sure. but because people can just go to the craft store <laughs> and get canvases and paint and blah, blah,
0: blah. Everybody believes they're an artist now. But that's the thing, though. Like, I don't think people recognize that there is a difference between, you know, arts and crafts and actual art. Like, you approach it as... Like, you have yeah. like, people, like, doing, like, little... I don't know figurative paintings of like people they see on Instagram and posting it on their TikTok and whatever and like you know like streaming it as they mm-hmm. do it and they're like oh I'm an artist you know I'm like a I'm a self-taught seventeen-year-old artist but it's like <laughs> sure you you know you might have skill which which is great like skill yeah. is a lot you know but yeah you don't yes. you might even have some talent but you don't have any idea of what it is that you're yeah. trying to achieve and what it is that you're trying to do which is um. I talk a lot about that. I mean, I I just mentioned it, but like the thing that really stuck (laughs) out to me when I was at art school and I didn't even do fine arts there, but it's just like people, there were so many actually talented people there, which is like truly people that even, you know, had some things to say and had ideas and were into interesting things. And if they, you know, spend some time developing that they would do great things. They were just Mm -hmm. so nostalgic and stuck in the past. That they didn't allow themselves to do anything outside of that, which I think is a huge problem today where people just do sort of imitations of the things that they Mm -hmm. like. Whilst they have, Mm -hmm. you know, they have an eye for things, clearly, but they are so Mm -hmm. scared of pursuing their own thing Mm -hmm. that they just do parodies of the things they like. You know, they like Bastiat or like Warhol or whatever, and they'll just make Mm -hmm. endless copies of what they did.
1: Yeah, yeah just such a
0: loss for everyone
1: and you said you said courage earlier and that's what it is like even if you're yeah even if you don't have the raw skill but if you really if you really see if you have a vision and Mm -hmm. you really really believe that you can bring that thing to fruition um yeah it is the a courageous thing to embark on this. It's it's because it's very. It makes you very vulnerable. It's very exposing. Yeah. To like, I have this idea for something that I don't really think I've seen done before, or if I have, it's slightly different. Um, I have this thing, but I really believe in it, and I ca- I just cannot not do it. Like I I must execute this thing, and it is very scary. Yeah. Um, and and you in the process end up like learning things about yourself that you didn't realize were there, or maybe they're more prominent than you thought they were within yourself. And anybody who's able to be ambitious like that and weird and like not afraid to be weird. I think that's what a lot of it comes down to that people want to be like people now like millennials who are artists, they're still really fixated on like fitting in and, Having their artsy group of friends, and for for me, I don't have that. I don't. I don't know that I ever, ever will. And yeah. in my mind, that makes that makes me believe that maybe I do have something special because it's hard for me to share this thing that I have with other people. Like yeah. other people don't
0: don't get it necessarily. I can't articulate it to them. And but I think in a way. Sorry to interrupt, like I think in a way Twitter provides that. Like, I mean, I've shared my work with you and you've shared your mm. work with me. And I mm. think sure we don't know each other in real life, but there's still some sort of, you know, creative connection that you can yeah. have with people even if you don't know them personally, which I think yeah. is obviously it's not the same thing as you know hanging out with a bunch of you know artists and like just yeah. having ideas go between that group of yeah. friends, but it's it's yeah. still something and it's better than nothing.
1: Right. And it is kind of cool like the the Tumblr or the Twitter aspect of it. Having all these like (laughs) flower guys and you and all these (laughs) artsy weird people who are like not close to each other like can't go see each other tomorrow. Like all these people all over sprinkled all over the place who are like brilliant and clever and funny and, and weird. Like I love like I love, I love an oddball like a because they they've always got something special that I'm not getting anywhere else, mm-hmm. and I like that we're all kind of sprinkled throughout um, because that means that at least in our little community where we're actually you know Florida or whatever, at least there's one of me in this area doing doing what I'm doing, yeah, and then at least there's one of us in London who's. whatever she's doing and then like all these little places like since we're so spread out there's more potential for for sure influence I think because then then the other thing is when you get around too many artists it can sort of start to taint your your own artistry Mm -hmm. and it can it can it can blur the lines between where you where you end and they begin like so it is, it is cool that we're all all over the place a little sure. bit. I, I do like that.
0: I mean, I definitely like the intran- international as- aspect of it because yeah. I think it provides, like, well, first of all, yeah, it means that there are people all over the place <laughs> doing something cool and interesting and creative. But it also yeah. means that everyone... It's a very cliche thing to say, but it also means that everyone has a different perspective and we're not all coming mm-hmm. from the same, you know, like, you know, sort of, like, influence or whatever, which... Groups of artists, like, traditionally have made great things happen, you know, like the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood and whatever. But it's just, it can still mean that the things that you're doing are very interconnected and too similar to make an impact separately. But if people Mm -hmm. are spread out, that means that we can be doing completely different things, which I think everyone is basically doing now. But it can still have, like, I don't know, like a thread of, like, individuality and... Could yeah a thought
1: <laughs> and like the the kind of the essence i guess of what we're all trying to achieve is all very similar if our pathways to doing it are are completely different for sure um, we still when it comes down to brass tags we're we're on the same page which is why <laughs> which is why we all follow each other it's why we're all like connected and going on each other's podcasts and all these things yeah. because even with all the distance, we can feel and see something on the other person. That's like, okay, you, you get it. Like you understand what I'm, Absolutely. what I'm getting at
0: here. And I don't have to over-explain myself to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know, lately it's been really triggering me when people, you know, talk shit about Twitter, <laughs> which is kind of sad, but like, you know, when people are like, oh, you know, yeah, the internet, you know, like nothing that happens in the internet matters. You should just go offline and like spend time with your real friends etc cetera, etc cetera, which i yeah. think is sure there's an element of truth to it and that you know the internet is not real life but at the same time like underestimating the influence and positive effect that it can have on people's lives is really shitty and just boring mm-hmm. like I, I think people are yeah. so sort of stuck in that mindset where they're like oh you know like you know, internet you know internet is bad therefore you know Only the things that happen in life, even if they're terrible, mean anything, which is not true, especially now when, you know, people like do great things on the Internet. There's great art being made. People make, you know, billions and billions of dollars on the Internet as well. Like, it's just so, I don't know, close minded and boring to look down on it, especially now.
1: Yeah, it's such like a it it is a great tool for a lot of things. And someone like me, like I I grew up kind of feeling, feeling like an an outsider a lot, feeling lonely a lot. Mm -hmm. And in the past, um, six months to a year, um, it's like Twitter that's helped me kind of get some relief from that because being connected with these cool, interesting people and just like tweeting and liking each other's tweets and responding is cool. But then when it starts to get off of Twitter and do a podcast or, hey, I'm doing a zine, do you want to contribute some artwork to it? Like now I can really like, because we made that connection on the internet, Yeah, you know, we we were able to start expanding beyond that um, because we finally managed to meet people who who felt like us and we can keep continue to use this tool of the internet to keep broadening our relationship or our vision or whatever and bring all of our all of our strengths together. For sure. And yeah, like my telling my mom, like trying to explain to my mom (laughs) how I use Twitter is like she's like, I don't understand why you're talking to so many strangers. I'm like it's not, we're all, we're friends yeah they're not really we're not strangers, strangers. <laughs> yeah like yeah we're, it's like what there's like th- three or four hundred five hundred accounts all in this same orbit like we're all following each other like it's not it's not strangers these people some of them are becoming like fr- friends to me and like people that I would actually go pay like pay money to spend some time with in real life because I finally found this community and to bring it back to Tumblr. That was, that's one thing that Tumblr tried to be but but lacked. Yeah. And I think it's, it is so, um, isolating mm-hmm. for something that was supposed to be about community and, you know, from that social justice vantage point, supposed to be about community and bringing everyone together and raising everyone up together um it was still very isolating um I might still talk to maybe like three people from my tumblr days and we still don't we don't even communicate all that much
0: and oh I ignore everyone from my
1: tumblr days they are like texting, like, me and
0: I'm like I can't do this I'm
1: sorry yeah I cannot now I've got a couple who, who like saw the lights around the same time as I did.
0: Oh um, and that's good.
1: <laughs> you know, found their way out. But um but yeah that's one thing that Tumblr kind of wanted to do. But it was so the atmosphere was so aggressive and there was nothing um there's nothing like nothing to grasp onto because it all felt so um it also felt so shallow.
0: No, for and
1: sure. like
0: and th- a lie. And I think it has a lot to do with the design of the platform. Again, like going back to that, because I think the way that it was structured, like Twitter, for example, is all about the timeline, right? Like that's the first thing you see. And like, if you like a tweet of someone's, you can like go on their page and then scroll through their tweets. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like the, the mm-hmm. platform itself is centered around the timeline and the things that you see on it. And the more people like your post, the more you are likely to appear there, et cetera, et cetera. While this mm-hmm. Tumblr was all about like... The different accounts. Like, yeah, you had the timeline. You had, like, the feed and whatever. But at least in my experience, and the people I knew we were mostly invested in particular accounts. So you would, like, go mm-hmm. onto that account and, like, you know, scroll through their posts. So it was, like, a more, like, isolated yeah. space-like experience than Twitter is. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, because, you know, you had the, the main feed where every, everything of everyone you followed would be there. But then everybody had their own their own format on their dystopianchilis.tumblr.com, paranoidlikes.tumblr.com. Yeah.
0: Like, and, you could, like, like design. and everybody had their own. Sorry, you could also, like, design the page, right? Like, that was one thing yeah. that Tumblr provided as well. You could make your time your page look the way that you wanted it to. Well, as you know, exactly. on Twitter, yeah. there's nothing. No matter what you do on Twitter, no matter how many posts you have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like, it's the same format. Well, as on Tumblr, you could have, yeah. like, a completely different vibe to your page. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it and it made it, it made all these strangers seem cooler than you sometimes. Like, oh well, they're reblogging this, and they have this theme on their account, and you know they have all these features. That's really cool. And maybe you want to be like them because of whatever like HTML they're using. Like it's in Tampa Twitter. It is it it's like it's not as it doesn't feel as competitive. Um it it is, you know, because everybody wants those likes and retweets, but it it's, communal. it's like a level playing field. Yeah, a level playing field. You have 280 characters to say what you want to say and you better say it or or okay, then the, the tweet sucks and that's it like you know yeah. like everybody it's it's level playing field and it makes it it makes it a lot simpler to be able to connect with people because sure. um, because we're all we're all just doesn't it's it's kind of hard to one up somebody on twitter in the sense yeah. that in the sense that like with tumblr you like oh my i designed my whole um my whole theme. Like I'm the only (laughs) one who has this theme and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, and you know, a lot of a lot of the issues with Tumblr is that it it was just a lot of lost uh lost young people who did not feel secure in themselves. Yeah. And and so they tried to be, they tried to see outside of themselves in these social justice ways um because they they recognized that they didn't feel good about themselves and yeah. so they tried to they tried to be good for somebody else and like oh, we're all in this together we're all going to help each other sort of thing but because of the age group and because of the information that was trying to be spread um it became really corrupted really quickly
0: I think it also and, has something to do with the fact that Tumblr was a lot more anonymous, you know, like it was more, yeah, because yeah, it's more yeah. thematic and connected to the themes that you were associated with. It wasn't as, you know, person, character, whatever, personality based as Twitter is. Well as with Twitter, even if yeah. somebody's, you know, it was like an on an anonymous account, meaning that they don't have their photos, their profile, or like mm-hmm. they don't post mm-hmm. pictures of themselves if like there's never, you know, face doxed or whatever, you still so like mm-hmm. you still see them as real people despite of that. While as with Tumblr, because mm-hmm. there were so many pages associated with themes rather than personalities, it was like a very mm-hmm. sort of <laughs> I don't want to say that word, but like dystopian platform because it felt so devoid of any real humanity
1: yeah like it felt like a lot of that's i think that's why it, be, it felt so brainwashy and cultish just because um because every account was obviously run by a person but they felt more like like an entity like something that i cannot i cannot grasp this thing like yeah I can't, it wasn't
0: tangible in any way
1: yeah and i can't talk to these people directly because now there's a feature where you can like dm, DM people on tumblr but there wasn't, that wasn't there eight years ago.
0: No, it and, wasn't.
1: And, and it's all, you're you're just being, like, you're, yeah, you're like creating a God out of the, the material we're talking about, social justice things, creating a God out of that. And you're creating a God out of the in, mostly, like, invisible um blogger. Mm-hmm. Who's got, who's got this layout that you love and you want to, you want to be like them. So you just kind of, if they retweet or say any like woke stuff, you just go along with it because you feel like the, the disconnect makes everything feel more, kind of makes everything feel more immediate because you want to connect Yeah. as an 18 or 19 year old, you're like desperate for somebody to understand you and validate you. That's all you want state. around that age. Yeah. And in my and, case, it was
0: like, you know, 14, 15, 14, yeah. whatever. Like I I really yeah. wanted to be, you know, understood and like yeah. whatever. I wanted to connect with and, people so much and right. so desperate.
1: Yeah. And and Tumblr did not make that an actual option. No. Like you were that's that was not the purpose of the platform at all.
0: No, it wasn't. And, and like I mentioned that on the last episode that I did with Zach, but I was in a bunch of like um Tumblr group chats like outside of the platform because I had like friends who were uh-huh. semi-famous on the platform so they'd have like other uh-huh. famous posters added to the group chat and stuff. And it it was still like despite the fact that those were, you know, I could see them as real people and it would be like, you know, like a WhatsApp group chat or whatever. And I could see their, you know, profile pictures and whatever. It was still that like detached insane feeling to it the whole time mm-hmm. that you couldn't really yeah like, again yeah, you were talking to those people about like everyday things like you know like having breakfast with your family etc a lot of those a lot of those group chats um well I was really in one like it was like one group chat that was I was in the most and I was like popular or whatever mm-hmm. it was like a pro eating mm-hmm. disorder pro Anna group chat and it was like you know despite the fact that all these people would like share all their traumas in it it was still so like devoid of any humanity <laughs>
1: yeah yeah she's crazy like it's so weird I can remember now like um I would be like interacting with like random other girl on Tumblr who I knew lived in Florida who lived somewhere relatively locally yeah and we would be like oh my god yeah let's like let's meet up let's hang out blah 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 or I would run into them at like Back when I was 18, I was going to a lot of punk shows and stuff. And, um, I would run into some of those girls there and like, it was horrible. Like meeting them was like, so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like there was still like, because we both wanted to like impress each other, I guess, but we were both really insecure, did not know how to interact. And then realizing that, um, you know, everybody can put on a personality online, Yeah. but Tumblr, because Tumblr is not personality based, um, like we realizing that I'm like, I actually don't know what this girl is actually like at all. Like, I don't think her, her, her beingness on Tumblr gave me any indication as to what she would actually be like, because a a bunch of images still don't tell me anything about about you at all and it was still felt so parasocial like even I'm looking you in your eyes and I like there's nothing that I can connect to there (laughs)
0: and which is, so different from, there at all. <laughs> which is so different from Twitter, which is personality based. And then when you actually, you know, obviously Zoom is not real life and, you know, like DMing is not real life either. But still, I think mm-hmm. you, you get an idea of what a person or who a person is when you see them, when you see, yeah. you know, their Twitter presence, et cetera, et cetera. I yeah. think people still try to be the most authentic versions or like the most fun versions of the authentic self that they actually are on Twitter. Yeah. Which is different. Yeah. And I think a lot more, I don't know, it, it feels a lot more personal and more sincere
1: Definitely. and interesting, therefore. Definitely. And Tumblr made it, Tumblr made it, because of that anonymous aspect, because it's not personality-based, it makes it so much easier to hide. Like, you can hide, one, from other people, but also from yourself. And yeah. that's how, it, that's how all that stuff, all the woke conversations just got so convoluted and, like, ridiculous because you didn't you didn't have to be honest with yourself because who was going to check you on that
0: yeah like nobody no
1: whereas on twitter people get checked like constantly every day like someone you know people can can see that phoniness on twitter a a lot more easily and um
0: but that's also it was just a great a great place to hide absolutely but i think that's also because on twitter you're actually posting your own you know god your, your own result. content yeah your own thoughts like you're not yeah. constantly mm-hmm. reblogging or like you know the the, the whole thing about twitter uh a tumblr was as well not only were you reblogging but even if you weren't you were you know screenshotting movies you were watching or you know posting yeah. poems about the things that you were into like it was all very much based on on ideas rather than thoughts <laughs> yeah yeah. And you can, you can
1: pretend to, um, adopt an idea all day long. I can, I can pretend that I like, um, rise against and Rupi or like all day. That's not, it's not true, but yeah. I can, I can, I can sell you that, especially when there's no face value. I don't have to pro- I never have to prove it because this is Tumblr and yeah. I, I, there's no transparency period here actually transparency is we don't like it on tumblr yeah don't be yourself on tumblr and and that's how it's just the perfect storm of chaos and and disconnection with reality and it's so enticing when you're young and dumb and lonely um but clearly not sustainable I'm, i'm i'm very glad the website is not it's not what it used to be so
0: for sure yeah
1: no more indoctrination